Hi and welcome to the podcast. You're having tea with Alice. This is the 27th of March podcast, which means my show at the Melbourne Comedy Festival opens tonight at 8.30pm at the Swanston Hotel. So if you're in Melbourne or know anyone in Melbourne, do send them along. I'm terrified and excited. It's going to be a whole month of comedy, which is fantastic. Today I spoke to Sean in his hotel room. Uh, His show started last night and is a lot of fun. It's called I Wasn't Sean Yesterday and is at the Tuxedo Cat, so look him up. We talked a little bit maybe comedy heavier than we would normally talk, partly I think because we're in this environment where it's the comedy festival. Um, But I think we covered some really interesting topics let me know what you think. Email me on alicerfraser at gmail.com or look me up at alicecomedyfraser.com. If you have something that you want more of or something that you want less of, I'm always interested to hear what you have to say. It's been really fantastic so far, all the numbers of people who've just written in to say they like things or to have suggestions or suggesting topics even. Um, it's great and we've been featured on the iTunes new and noteworthy page on the front page of iTunes so I'm sure we have some new listeners. Welcome! Uh, This week's conversation is with my regular co-host Sean and without further ado I will release the banjo music so you can hear what we've had to say this week. Perfect. So the Pants Free Podcast. Pants Free Podcast, yeah. Oh, I'm having an energy drink this day, today. I haven't had an energy drink in about a year and I've had about four in the last two days. <laughs> Possibly that's why you felt like shit when you woke up this morning. I Those know. things are poison. They really are though. This is sugar free, but I still think like... W- it's worse. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it is. It's like d- just the worst. It is almost worse, isn't like it? Like sug- sh- sugar is the thing that your body is meant to get energy from. Yeah, and this is... What am I getting energy from now? Just the caffeine, I think, wow. and the like weird poison. Um, yeah, like it does. It says an energy drink, but it says it's point four percent of my energy intake of the day. So it's not even a percent of my of the energy I should have. But, yeah, but there's two different things that they're talking about, right? They're talking about stimulant and they're talking about energy. So the energy, energy. Drink. When they say energy needs, they mean calorie needs, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but but in terms of the stimulant, that's just them triggering hormone release in your brain. So I'm doing all the work. This drink. You're doing, doing all the work. So yeah. it's tapping your reserves. Yeah. And it's hitting your adrenal glands, and you're this pumping out like adrenaline and shit. They're horrible things. You know, when when I was a, I used to have like four of those big mothers like a day, at one point, and then, oh man, you just read the label, and then you just never touch them ever again. Oh, they're just uh. yeah. No, I'm tea for me yeah yeah tea for you of course tea for me always Um, but Mm. so we're in melbourne we are we are in melbourne in my hotel room you open your it's a very nice hotel room yeah it's a uh, service department i think that's nice and 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 you open your run tonight yes i do my shows my comedy shows and i am just oh i am in not a good place (laughs) yeah I'm so nervous. Is this I open tomorrow night and I'm super jittery too. Yeah. It's oh funny. Man. I've been the last couple of days my body has just been doing all these weird things. My chest feels like Are it's you caving sure that's not the itself. energy drink? Maybe. Maybe. I think like oh, I'm just like falling asleep at weird times and 
Panic naps. Panic oh, naps. Panic yeah. naps are the best. Yeah. Where you're like, I, so I have too much to do. Yeah. Nap time. Nap time. Yeah, I know. I think I, I should be going down. through stuff. I should be doing other things. And yeah, my body's just like, nah, mate. Just. It's like a computer overheating. You're like, there's too much. It too really much. Is. I need to sleep. I'm like a computer overheating. Oh, man. It's freaking me out. How are you? How do you deal with it? How do I <laughs> deal with it. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I You're not dealing with it? Not dealing You're with not it. dealing um, with it. Yeah, panic naps are good. Walking, listening to audiobooks. Uh, yeah. Drawing. I draw a little bit. Mm. I try to work on my show. I I get like nervous that I haven't worked on my show enough. And then I try to work on my show and then like have to distract myself because that makes me more nervous. And then distracting myself stresses me out because I know I should be working on my show. Uh, it's a vicious cycle. It's a vicious cycle and it's messing with my head. Well, I'm okay because I think it's good. I just, you d- I think you just have to reframe it as a positive thing. Yeah. Like this is, this is going to help you hit the ground running. Like yeah. this stress is l- good stress. It's not yeah. bad stress. Yeah. Like I've had bad stress and that's kind of what my show is about when I was at the law firm. Like that's the kind of stress where it just goes on and on and is kind of grinding you down and you're always two steps behind and you're always not getting something right. Yeah. Whereas this is like, this is like battle stress. Like yeah. it's a peak and a drop. Like we're heading towards this fight or and, and well, is our body's just aligning itself to the like ultimate. Is it the use of the stress that makes it bad? Like if you're using it, like we're using it to to you know do something we like and do it well. No, it's the it's the um, it's the peak nature of it that makes it okay. So our bodies are designed uh, evolutionarily to have moments of stress, hunting down a thing, running yeah, away from a thing, from having thing, a yeah. fight, having a baby, whatever it is. Mm. Um, but we're not designed to have what they call chronic stress. So when you have stress, you, your body resi- releases adrenaline and cortisol, yeah. stress hormones, and they like, you know, all of your resources go towards meeting this challenge, right? Mm. But if you keep releasing adrenaline, then you deplete your stocks and then your cortisol stays high. Then you get fat around the tummy and then you get like, like your hair falls out and all of those things happen Eesh. when you have what's called chronic stress because your body's not made like constant, to stay yeah. being stressed all the time. Yeah. So it's actually better to have like sudden high stress. Yeah. Which is kind of what Peaks we do. Troughs. Peaks and troughs is what yeah. you want because your body can deal with that. It's just staying stressed. There is a bit of a relief with. you get when you uh, get off stage. Yeah. Like and it's completely the opposite feeling to just before on stage. Yeah. Like some gigs I'll be so relaxed getting on stage because yeah. I don't know it's the the audience, the MC, like all that kind of thing and just before I get on stage like I'm so relaxed. But someone's that when I know that the audience is a bit rough or uh, the guy before me either tanked or did really well. Yeah. <laughs> like if you're a mediocre per- performer before me, I'm so sweet. Like thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Like that's my 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 ideal opener. <laughs> yeah, is just just nothing. a really just mediocre guy. Because yeah, yeah. Because then uh, then if the mediocre guy or girl on before me. And then I can I can mosey on, and I can know I do I'll do just above mediocre, and I'll be just fine. If I do mediocre, they'll be like, yeah, he's just as good. <laughs> like, yeah. But if someone's really good before me or really bad before me, one I've got to like bring the audience up if they're bad, or I've got to like oh, this be is a disappointment. Yeah, they're gonna be like, why why was he on before him? <laughs> like he should have been 
before him, he's rubbish. Like, yeah, that's there. So, like, but then when you're off stage, so yeah, sometimes I get this, like, horrible stress feeling before I go on stage. And then when you get off, even if it's a shit gig, like, that relief of, of I'm off stage now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, wow, I did well. Or thank God that's over. <laughs> like, either way, it's a big lot of relief. Um, See, one with disappointment, one with I can relief. occasionally do really well when I'm stressed. Like... If I get it right, see, this is why I don't find the stress a bad thing. Like, if somebody's like, this important person is in the audience or it's, Mm. you know, whatever it is. Important people in the audience. That's a whole new thing. Yeah. Like, whether it's it's my brother or my dad, if it's my brother or my dad, I I choke up. Really? If it's anyone else, if it's like, there's this really important person coming to see you, I'm actually okay with that. Yeah. It's like this high status crowd, they'll destroy you. I'm like, all right. All right, I get this kind of, I get battle ready, and I'm yeah. okay with that. Not yeah. you know that I'm an excellent comedian or anything, but I I just have, I can perform well yeah. but in my top twenty percent. That's really interesting. Why do you think it's your brother and your dad because that cause you the most stress? They're the only people I really care about the opinions of. Oh, so it's not that. Yeah, you just hate everyone else and don't respect their opinion. Oh, I don't know. Not hate. Hate's uh, a strong word. I but think because <laughs> I mean, you're like, I don't care. If no you one else knows me. what to expect from me. So yeah. They'll go in with blank a, slate. a blank slate, or they'll think, oh, it's a girl, whatever. And I can <sighs> easily work with that. Can I just can I just go on a, on a little tangent? We had a heckler the other day at a gig. Yeah. And he said so bloody loud when a girl got up on stage, and I just, oh, I mean, I wanted to clock him. What I did was he so say? upset. He goes. Like really loud when everyone was quiet, like because mm. the MC was getting a bit of ru- like a bit of rubble, rubble. Um, everyone yeah. was talking, giving the MC a bit of shit. Um, but then when every comedian went on, uh, a new face, new voice, everyone kind of shut up and listened to him. Yeah, like this girl gets on, real feminist comedian too. Like, and I was, and like Can I really like is? her stuff. Um, yeah, no, because I don't want her. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, but um, this guy just goes, ah, oh, a woman. like, oh. And I was just like, is this a, he said it in such a stereotypical way that a heckler, like a misogynist heckler would say it, right? And he goes, I bet she'll talk about her period, right? And he just, and I was like, really? And that's exactly how he said it too, just like so, like to his mates. And he was heckling throughout the whole night and he just got, there was almost a fight in the bathroom between a comic and him. Later on, he I, was just really getting on people's nerves. I quite like it when people say that out loud. Really? Because it's in the room. Do Often reckon? it's in the room and people don't say it. Yeah. Or they say it to you and other people don't believe you. <sighs> when you say that this misogynistic attitude exists, they're all like, yeah, oh, they come don't on, believe it's not you. such and a big deal. And you're like, Stop. yes, it's right there. That yeah. guy said that. Yeah. So there was a recent thing where that happened in an email where like a British comedian got emailed by her, by the person, the, by the booker who said, oh, look, the venue doesn't want women and that became it doesn't want so many women on the bill so we're cutting you wow and that went viral and i think a large reason that it went viral was because female comedians were like yeah see see, see? it's there it happens. it's it happens totally because there. you think people don't believe you when yeah. it comes to it and people are always like oh why are you so boring about this shit and you're like we're not boring we're bored see, like this happens it's it's like it happens like uh which is really, really upsetting because th- that feminist comedian actually did do a period joke. Yeah. But it was actually really clever. Mm. Like, and she didn't say period. Like, she said, like, it was all kind of 
oh, it was it was a good joke. It yeah. was a clever joke. And then you heard that guy go, see, told you, really loud, like in a really loud voice when everyone kind of quietened down from the... And it was, I was just like, no, that was a funny joke. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter that it was it a period joke. It doesn't matter what joke. it was about. It was a clever joke. Well, it's like me getting up, you know, if you are getting up on stage and I get, mm. ugh, a male comedian, I bet he's going to talk about his penis. All right, yeah, yeah. Or I bet he's going to talk about women he wants to fuck. Yeah. Or I bet he's going to talk about his job. Yeah. Like, <laughs> these yeah. are, why would, you know? I think, but it's the yellow cab kind of thing. Like, I... A mate of mine used to go, oh, taxis are terrible drivers. And I was like, really, man? Are they? Because or do you just notice when they Yeah, happen? like you notice that taxi do that illegal U-turn, mm. right? And then you go, all taxis... It's it's that that kind of racist thing. We're we're trying to we're we're, we're our brains are pattern makers. We're always kind of looking for a pattern because we want to kind of avoid trouble later on. Mm. And if we can preempt that by you know discovering a pattern, then we're sweet. So that's where kind of your, your racism comes from and all that. Do you feel that you are creating a brand that is Alice Frazier? Well, or this is a, something that this is kind of. Uh, the thing that I wanted to talk about because branding is a difficult thing to get your head around. Yeah. Well, are you branding yourself or is are you turning yourself into a brand or are you branding yourself something you think is sellable? Well, this is the thing. When you start any art, mm. people go, what do you do? Yeah. And you go, ah, well, how do you, I don't know, yeah. I'm a bit, just I'm just stuff. me, what? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I, I like I'm what a bit like this person or a bit like that person or yeah. it's really hard to encapsulate. But people aren't interested in your in what you actually are. Yeah, they're interested in the one line they can put on their yeah. poster. And so you need to find that one line. And for me, the goal is this is going to sound douchey as fuck. Yeah. Um, for me, the goal is eventually. Someone goes to someone, hey, what do you do? And they go, kind of like Alice Fraser. <laughs> because I don't want to define myself in one sentence. Yeah. I want to be the sentence. And the only way you can do that is by being consistently good enough and recognisable as yourself. Yeah. So it's not about changing to fit a one-liner. It's about just being good long enough all right so <laughs> you you can probably do, you've got a no but you've got a lot of of different aspects of you which make you different to a lot of other people mm. like so as i said female comedians are probably only like 20 percent of the industry anyway mm. so one you're female two you're very intelligent you've got you know you're actually backed up by a hearty education. So you can actually say that, you know, I do really intelligent stuff and all that kind of stuff. I can't say that I do really intelligent uh, stuff. Intelligent Even if is I not do as intelligent as you think Yeah, it yeah, I know. That's true, I guess. Greg Proops and stuff. He's like hilarious and yeah. really intelligent. Um, and he cl he classifies himself as intelligent. He talks down to the audience, which I, I find fascinating. And he's like one of the only ones that, like even Jimmy Carr talks down to the audience. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? I am smarter than you. Yeah, um, so I it's kind of a way. I don't like that. No, no, I People don't think you do that. People find that really offensive. But I you've think. got a lot of different things about you that you could, you know, you've got a, a really interesting background and all that. Why, why I'm stating that yeah. is getting to the point where, I'm a 20-something-year-old white <laughs> comedian. Yeah. Like, that is just, like, how do I brand myself 
any different to anyone else. That's interesting because I was thinking of myself as difficult to brand because I'm very different. Oh, no, I think think your differences are your branding. But then, as you say, just saying she's really different is a form of... It is a form of branding. You know, I'm in in some ways, I'm a novelty act just by being a woman or just by having the bando or just just by by being different in those ways, I become... There is a niche that I fit. Yeah, you've got a niche. Like, but where's my niche? I do straight stand-up. I don't do musical stuff. I don't do... I, sometimes I do one-liners. Sometimes I tell stories. Mm. Um, I, I, yeah, like, I, there's nothing really... And, and I just kind of... Well, sometimes I feel that I just kind of uh, fall into the the big sea of other white 20-something-year-old comedians. That's like, interesting. You know I mean? And I you d- don't want to be like a pickup artist. You don't want to pick up an no. affectation. You don't want to be the guy with the hat or no. the guy with the goldfish yeah, exactly. or oh, the guy God. with the fucking ukulele. You, you know don't I mean, the guy that wears that that, the Hawaiian T-shirts or like, yeah, I don't... Do I need it? Like, because I remember um, uh, one comedian... Mm. Right, um, that I knew at one point he was getting really good. He was getting paid gigs and stuff, really breaking into that kind of paid um, era of your career. Um, and he like shaved a mohawk on. Um, yeah, you probably I know the guy. Yeah, yeah, you know the guy. And and I just I said to myself, I'm like, dude, you're so good. You don't need that, right? And uh, but then then I watched the Tim Minchin documentary, right? Um, rock and Roll Nerd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was a part, there was like a uh, a part in his career where he felt like he was not, not going anywhere. He went into a hair salon and said, can you do my hair up really ridiculous? I'm going to put eye makeup on and not wear shoes on stage. Yeah. And then straight after he did that, just boom. And he had that he little had gimmick. That thing. That, yeah, and he was even a musical comedian. like, And he had the musical comedian thing. But... But that that big hair, the eye makeup, and the and the no shoes on stage, just made him that little bit different. And then I saw saw this guy with a mohawk, and I'm like, oh, maybe. Well, do I have to do that? Do I have to shave a mohawk? The thing about thing? Tim Minchin is that musical comedy, and particularly with like the grand piano that he was d- doing, yeah. is very clean cut thing. Mm. Having a well educated young man mm. who likes clever, witty musical comedy, that's yeah. not an unusual thing. Very political thing. And you yeah. assume that he's kind of a you know, a university nerd. Yeah. But if he comes on with the bare feet and the wild hair and the eye makeup, that's enough of a a memorable thing. Yeah. You see, so even without any of his jokes, you see someone like that sitting behind a grand piano and it sticks in your memory. Yeah. So I would almost have said for the guy who did the mohawk, he was doing quite political comedy, right? Yeah. You don't want to have the mohawk because that fits too well with the political comedy. Maybe you want to do something that's different. Yeah. But but you don't see that that's... See, that, that's the thing. At first, I saw it and I've gone, oh, man, you don't have to do that. You're so good. I was a really big fan of him. And then you thought and, maybe and, uh, you have and to then, do it. And then I watched the documentary like a week later. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, no. Like... That actually really worked for Tim Minchin, and he's really good. Maybe just the mohawk will get him across the line. And I was like, oh, maybe that maybe that's a thing that I have to do at some point. And then that made me think, oh god, like, do you need a gimmick? Is it a good thing? Like, is it a bad thing oh, for a white bread, twenty-something-year-old male comedian? Like, is that what I need? Well, I'm quite interested in my show because I've moved towards a particular kind of clothes on stage thing. Yeah, that works for me. Mm, because uh, because it makes me feel confident and tougher 
and because it undermines the expectation of the audience. It is a contrast thing. And I'm only just thinking about it now because we're talking about this, but I tend to wear boots and a jacket on stage. I tend to be a little bit punk and hard-edged, which mm. I'm not yeah. in real life. I'm quite gentle. But if I go up in a pretty skirt and I do intelligent comedy, that's a you get boxed as prissy. Yeah, I guess. If I don't look prissy then people give me a little more leeway when I yeah, have this voice. you look a bit and tougher. And the like, precise way of speaking that I have, mm. it comes across as it's the, it's the grand piano with the rock and roll yeah, hairstyle, big hair essentially. And, and yeah. I do do, I do big hair. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't try to pretty myself up for stage. See, that's it. Like that said, in my show now, I'm wearing a costume. And I'm wondering how that's going to affect yeah. my... Reception uh, by the audience. It's a theatre, like it's an hour show, so it's different. Uh, I have more time with them. But see, I, I start I, in a suit. At the moment, right, this is this is my personal branding. It's I, I, um, I think that I've kind of come to and I've kind of... I wear a shirt that says, relax, I'm hilarious. Now, this was a shirt I bought ages ago and I, you know, brought it to parties and stuff and I thought, you know, like... And the, the, real, the, the, what I would, the, the reason I really like it is that it creates a challenge straight away like yeah. everyone they read the shirt and they go ah hilarious come on then buddy entertain us and then i'm like and, and like 99 percent of the time i can whip it out and go i will entertain you i will you whip it out huh? yeah, yeah whip out the entertainment that is um I, 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 <laughs> that's I what i call it just getting on stage <laughs> as a lady is wearing a t-shirt saying "Relax, I'm hilarious." Yeah. Because people are like, "Who the?" It's such a do cocky. You think you yeah, are yeah. It is getting that, on stage. That's, thinking that's what it does. It, it gives you the who do the who the fuck do you but think you are? Isn't that what people do saying, anyway when you really? get on stage? Yeah, I know, but I just like being uh, and um, you like upping the stakes. For I yourself. up the stakes. I up the stakes. That's what I really like about it. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, damn straight, like, and I'm gonna prove it to you, like, mm. and I have to, yeah, I'm 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 talking big, mm. and I'm gonna have to you know walk the walk as well i think that's the the challenge to myself and that's the kind of the only branding i have i don't do my hair i you know i wear jeans or i wear you know pants I, it doesn't matter like i yeah. it's just a shirt at the moment and but that's still i'm like you're about to do a month at melbourne that shirt's gonna get freaking smelly yeah no i'm gonna have to wash it every couple of days i'm gonna i'm only wearing it for the hour that i'm up to and i'm gonna probably sweat through it and i'm gonna have to air it out and stuff and deodorize and You've but got yeah. the whole plan. I was going to. My dad actually said to me, "You better buy a bunch of those shirts. Yeah. So you're gonna, they're going to be filthy." Do you sweat acid? <laughs> I know. Like it's going to be all discolored, probably. But no, I like that. I like that challenge. And then I drink. I drink beers on stage, and I think that's important to me. I know as that sounds alcoholic. funny yeah, as an alcoholic. <laughs> it's important to me that I feel okay. Um, but no, I like. I like drinking beers on stage and having the shirt because. I think what it says, it says, I'm heaps hilarious, but I'm a larrikin that's, you know, just having a good time. I'm having a beer just like you are. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it kind of brings me down at the same point as puts me above them. Like, the shirt puts you're me above basically them. Basically, you're the just playing with expectations. They don't know what to think. They and don't know what to think. you get them to suspend yeah. their judgment just for a second. See, yeah. that was for me, that was what, when I started going on with the banjo was. Yeah. And I don't really do that anymore because I'm confident enough that I can get yeah. them anyway. But it just just having something different enough that they're like, oh, wait a yeah. minute, before they're like, I know exactly what you are. And yeah. then they put you in a box and then you have to fight your way out of it. People very rarely change their mind on their prejudgment. Yeah. So if you just throw that little judgment 
moment yeah. for a loop just for a few seconds until you've made your first joke, yeah. then you can get them, I yeah. think. But going back to the thing about you taking a beer on stage, that's one yeah. of the worst things about not drinking. Yeah, because you're in a... Like back when I was in an open mic, often you get paid in beer, Yeah. right? Yeah, they give you, you know, little tokens or something. And I was always like, you know what? Just give me the two dollars so we can both <laughs> recognize even, what an insult even this the is. Even the cost, even the cost to you. Like you paid two dollars for the beer, you charge other people six bucks, but really you're only losing two bucks when you give them out for free to the comedians. Yeah, exactly. So just give me, just give me the two dollars instead of the three tokens. Give me six dollars. Yeah, <laughs> six dollars thirty if it's an imported beer. Yeah, <laughs> and, and then we can recognize. <laughs> Exactly <laughs> what a shitty thing you're doing. That's so funny because I love free beer. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't buy beer. Yeah. And they're like, oh, do you want an orange juice? I'm like, no. I don't drink fruit juice. Yeah. Like, I want an orange juice at a pub. Do like, you want a tea? Yeah, sure. But it's yeah. 11 o'clock at night. So how about you just give me six bucks so I can catch a bus home? Like, and I know, yeah. I, I know it's part of the way that it and is. And they probably right write the it off too. Yeah. <laughs> The way don't that even pay for it. The yeah. way that it is at the beginning is that people do do these really tokeny gigs and mm. you do get paid in nothing. But if they're pretending to pay you, oh, we can get you some yeah. drink tokens. Ooh, yeah. Like get off, get off your high horse and acknowledge yeah. what you're you, doing. Yeah. You're not paying. <laughs> so yeah, I have been working on different ways to market myself. Okay. This Melbourne Comedy Festival. Throw them at me. Uh, we, we've been doing all sorts of flyering, posters, all that kind of thing. All your traditional stuff. Even got a core flute. I think that was um, a very mm. interesting thing. Are What's a core flute? The thing? Core flute's like... Um, it <laughs> all right. I'll go on a little tangent on this one. But you know, core flutes destroy me inside because they work. Um, you know when y- there's an election coming up? Yes. And there's always a sign, vote one, and then there's a picture of a woman or a man yeah in your local area yeah um and there's not even sometimes there's not even the name yeah (laughs) like like yeah and it's and there's no policies on there or anything they just do a pretty little picture or a really handsome picture and then vote one and then maybe the name and and or the party yeah right and um they work they put them on things they're just like these signs that you can print on this like Anyway, yeah, it destroys me that they actually work and they win elections. Yeah. So I got one. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're running for office. Yes, I'm running for... Well, I'm trying You're running to for audience. Vote, vote with your $20 ticket to... Well, this is I'm the amazing and awful thing yeah. about this festival, I guess, or about any comedy or any performance is it's like... It's an exercise in marketing. It's not an exercise in comedy. But it's not just that you want people to know who you are. It's beyond branding. You need people to change their lives. Mm. In a small way, but like change their lives, change their evening plans, make plans that involve you, get up, you know, instead of going home and watching, you know, Breaking Bad or True Detective, they're just, they're coming out and watching you and then you have to deliver. The the way I'm kind of like talking to people on the street, I'm like, you know what? Like, because again, it's, yeah, change your life for me, please. Yeah. Um, I'm like, you know what? If you go to this venue, the venue has like got these great comics. I'm actually advocating for other comics in my venue because I'm basically saying, you know what? You don't have to really come see me. You can come see like come see like four dudes. Like I'll make your evening great if yeah. you come to this venue. Yeah. So I'm more like plugging the venue than I am me. Um, 
and yeah, so I've got the signs, got the posters, and the latest way <laughs> I, I realized that um, God, this I didn't is such a festival-heavy conversation. It is, I guess, but it, this is going to come out in the yeah, middle yeah, of festival, yeah. I guess. Isn't Coming it? out tomorrow. Oh, well, there you go. This is only a day. Today. Today, today is my opening night. Wow. Thursday. It's, this is going to release midday Thursday. Yeesh. If you're a listener in Melbourne. Yeah, if you're a listener in Melbourne, do 8 that. 30 at the Swanston Hotel. Yeah. And or where are you? Six o'clock at the Tuxedo Cat. Oh. Um, yeah, come to the Tuxedo Cat and stay the whole night. If you have friends Unless in Melbourne. Unless, of course, you want to go to the Swanston Hotel to go see Alice later. Um, yeah, well, you can. <laughs> yeah, if you've got friends in Melbourne, like message them. But anyway, I've been marketing myself on Tinder. <laughs> what? That's yes. amazing. Yes. Tell me more. So what I've done. Um, Tell me more. I realized I was in a different city and being in a different city, city because like, tinder's all by how the people pr- the proximity uh, mm-hmm. close to you so i came in and i just swiped a couple because i was bored and they like all matched and i was like what's this no it doesn't usually happen because i've been through everyone in sydney <laughs> like <laughs> isn't that terrible <laughs> that sounds horrible um but i've <laughs> been through i flicked their per- photo in everyone in You've Sydney. so yeah so there's literally like 10 20 000 odd people in, in tinder on tinder in Melbourne, so I've just swiped all of them and uh, got like 120 matches already. Wait, 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 so do you have as part of your profile the details of your show? No, I should. I you I usually just or are you actually them. conversationally trying to conversationally, seduce them all into coming into yeah, your show? It's going to be very awkward if a bunch of them come expecting to get drinks after or something. Slash laid. Yeah, slash laid. I ain't. That's the thing. I ain't putting out. <laughs> Like, I kind of got someone back home that I'm thinking of. So, ah. which it makes me like. Is this your long distance relationship lady? Well, Just long distance perforce because she works different hours to you? No, this is a different one. God, oh I'm such no. a. Oh, yeah. You're so fickle, Sean. I am so fickle. I but just you have, so you've into locked it. yourself down. What? Yeah. You've locked yourself down for so this lady. It's a, a little bit. Like, okay. uh, nothing's official, but like, I kind of, I came down here with your the. Your heart's with her. Oh, she, oh, you make me sound so. You left your cock in a box in Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> I kind think of, that's beautiful. I kind of left my cock in a box in Sydney. I think that's, that's, so that's adorable. a good way to put it. Um, Love induced erectile dysfunction. <laughs> the nicest thing i've ever heard of <laughs> so yeah um so yeah so i have no intention of of yeah of meeting these girls and going home with them or anything plus plus like it's the comedy f- like uh, uh, i'm uh, i do a show at six o'clock finish at seven yeah and what i want to do is go see other shows yeah not not <laughs> seduce women you've already I got what wanna, they can yeah like i don't you've already got what you wanted out yeah, of them yeah i've an got hour their, of their attention <laughs> an hour of their you attention. pleased them for an hour which is more than you could probably do in bed <laughs> oh man that's too oh, true zing. um but yeah <laughs> but yeah like that's basically yeah so it's um i'm kind of hoping it works and kind of hoping it doesn't at the same time well i mean you don't have to I mean, this is the thing. You don't well, have to lie about your intentions. Yeah. I, like, I, I think you're going about this the they've wrong way. They've swiped me because they've, they've found me somewhat interesting slash attractive. Yeah, that you're, I mean, you look interesting. It's the same yes. as going up to someone on the street. I mean, that's what flyering is, Yeah, right? I guess Tinder they're is not gonna, like They're not going to come up to you or allow you to approach them. So should my profile picture be like my poster? Yeah, possibly. Or just say, like, I'm Sean... I'm in Melbourne for the month doing my comedy festival show. And then if they, because they've already swiped Mm, you, you can just have your picture be normal. But then you have it as your profile. When they look at you, you're like, oh, that's what he's here for. Mm. And then they talk to you like, hey, hey, baby, how you doing? I don't know how girls talk on Tinder. Um, (laughs) And then. How you doing? How you doing? And you go, really good. Super excited about my show. 
That's basically what are I'm saying. Are you going to go see any comedy festival shows? That's basically I'm saying. Like, are you yeah. coming to the festival? I'm in, in town for the festival. Are you coming? And they're like, yeah, sure. I was thinking about it. Or, yeah, yeah I yeah, had yeah. this planned. And I'm I like, don't think that you should me. worry about feeling like you have to flirt with them or seduce them. Yeah, I think, well, that's the thing. Like, just because they come to my show doesn't guarantee them sex, does it? Like, no, I don't think you should. it should even be on the table. You just yeah. be like kind of cheeky about it but Hi, tinder I'm is supposed here. to be dtf but no one like there's so many people that don't treat it like that they want to find their true is love tinder supposed to be dtf i think uh, the original yeah the original concept is people that are dtf you have a chat with them you go like on this terrible messenger that's always well that should terrible. be your opening line you should say are you dtc and she's like <laughs> what and you go are you down to comedy <laughs> or down to laugh or something you just be like cute and cheeky about it and not just Come mm. sit on my wang. Yeah, come sit on my wang. <laughs> it's usually my opener, but I think I'll change it for this. <laughs> yeah. It's my opener. Yeah. <laughs> Don't even have a wang. <laughs> Very confusing. Yeah, I get yeah. a lot Are of you really. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> Shut That's up! Funny. I have flawless moves. So yeah, so these commenters are like, "You're a joke thief." I'm pretty sure I saw Big Name do that. You know, a couple of years ago in the festival. And then he was like, no, you saw me do that. You saw me do that in front of him. So, yeah, like uh, it's kind of Did like they look when the you, same? When you go to a comedy show, no, not at all. Um, when you go to a comedy show, you walk out going, oh, I can't remember a single joke I've heard. You kind yeah. of, when you go to a, like a variety show, you can't remember a single name <laughs> yeah. of anyone in that variety show almost like and that's so hard isn't that isn't that such a, uh, a tough we feel observation like people, but all we were were like some entertainment yeah and also i think people are really good now at forgetting stuff we can mm. spend because we spend hours on the internet allegedly absorbing information we don't absorb mm. information Especially we just if you're on Reddit. run <laughs> it through our heads like a scarf you know, yeah. you just you just moving it through your mind and it falls out the back. We're actually really fucking good at forgetting things now. Yeah. Well, we yeah. don't need to remember anything. Like we don't practice we remembering don't, we things. We don't because like we just Google it. All like, you need to do is to know how to access. Yeah. All the only memory you need is for the equations in your brain that go. Where would I go to access this information this, again? But is that is that even necessary? Like to to remember things when we can access them at any one point? I don't like, know that it's necessary, but it's, it would be useful for us if people remembered our names at the <laughs> end of the night. That would be useful for us. But like going on that kind of how we just forget things all the time and we don't need to remember things, so we don't. Mm. Back in the day, it was all about memorization, education. Yeah. Education was all about memorization. So yeah. like you wrote learning. Yeah. Um, you remembered things yeah. and that you were an expert in that thing. Yeah. Um, now you don't have to because you can access it at all times. It's like music. I have no music on my phone. I stream it. Yeah. So I actually, if I didn't have a connection to the internet for one reason or another, I didn't pay my bill, yeah. then I've got no music. I'm yeah. sitting on the train. Well, it's so fragile, I think, is the, th is the problem with it, is that we've, we've outsourced memory functions to mm, these machines. Yeah. But then we become less and less able in the absence of this crutch to function. Yeah. But like zombie apocalypse, we're all dead. I think Have that's why. Have you ever why. left your phone behind or run out of battery early yeah. in the day? And you get anxiety. You do. That's weird. I think, well, like, I think that's why um, 
zombies seem to be within the zeitgeist at the moment. Mm. Like, because it's not that, you know, dead people we like or we don't, we like chopping dead bodies up and uh, we, it's not that. I think it's all down to the apocalypse survival mode and I think we're well, all fascinated sort of appealing. by that. Well, I think we're fascinated by that because we, can, we, we think of ourselves in that situation and we try to figure out if we could function. And I think we go, holy crap, I would be so dist- I would be distraught in that situation. To I don't think I could function without my phone, without my washing machine, without my dishwasher. To be honest, I also think people like the idea that they could just stop caring about everyone. Like your own family, you could just stop <laughs> caring. In fact, it's <laughs> just better shoot if them in the face. It's better if you don't them. have a love reaction when you see your mum shambling towards you, because then you can just shoot her and she won't eat you. Yeah, like get off my back. It about validates my room. the feeling that we have that we're all kind of a bit disconnected from everyone, yeah. and it turns it into a good thing rather than like an incredibly depressing disintegration of social mm. networks wow. <laughs> and replacement of actual social networks with these like online social. All right, so he, I hear old people say this all the time mm. where they're like, oh, you guys couldn't change a tyre. Like, because we, we don't have to change a tyre. Yeah, like, we, I can change a tyre. No, but like I don't have to. Like mm. I can call the NRMA. He can change it for me if I'm that lazy. Yeah. Right. right? Um, my pa taught me how to build a bike when I was a kid. Like, mm. I couldn't, I don't remember that. I, but, you know, but he knows how to. He knows yep. how to build a bike. He knows how to build a barbecue and you know, fix a car. Like, he, he's not a mechanic. He just knows how to fix a car. Yeah. Right, because he got taught that and it's a practical skill to have. You don't need that anymore. My parents' washing machine can be fixed remotely. They what? can hack into it. They Like, they have a thing. They can hack into it remotely. No way. And it diagnoses its problem and tells you what to do. No way. So I could fix the washing machine because the washing machine would hold my hand and talk me through it. Tell you how to fix it. Isn't that insane? That is nuts. Oh, my God. We live in the future. Yeah, we do. Uh, But, like, see, these these old people, they... Oh, these old people. But, like, people of that era when, like, we have practical skills. Like people with a disability. People who happen to be old. Yeah, people that happen... Don't define them by their age. I know, exactly. Age is just a number that tells you how old you are. Yeah, exactly. Um, But, yeah, like, they're they're saying they had practical skills back then. We don't need those skills. But we have, like, programming skills. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I've got a couple of mates that can write code. Like, that's probably more useful in our day and age. Well, anyone can do basic HTML. But old people are like, how do I make a bullet point? Yeah, exactly. Every every age has its advantages. like, making a bullet point is going to help us in the zombie apocalypse so uh, that's what i think making a bullet is going to help you in the zombie <laughs> apocalypse exactly like melting something down and making it into like some sort of weapon like i couldn't do that if i was asked so like i think that's why people are fascinated by that apocalyptic world and there's all these like books and uh, i've i own like six of them <laughs> and there's tv shows and movies the and thing stuff that i about worry zombies. about is that if the zombie apocalypse comes the only people that will survive are those crazy survivalists the crazy survivalists are like they are the literally ones the only people who will yeah. be surviving that have been other like worst examples of of humanity yeah paranoid humanity got, you know homeschooled by their parents just weird kind yeah. of militarized children and like twitchy eyed old dudes exactly like you, you you're gonna want to just be one of those guys friends and, yeah. and somehow make yourself useful to them yeah so they don't get rid of you and they protect you and stuff but that's but totally like those are not the people who you'd want to be rebuilding to society they're yeah, not social the animals they're not people who are particularly good at cooperating 
Not at all. Like, but, yeah, or but being part of society. It's we're, like, we're going to be dead. Like, what, what's our use? Like, it's like too? trying to get comedians to form a union. These are people <laughs> who define themselves uh, by not functioning as a group. Uh, yeah, as a group. And then it just it doesn't make sense, does it? Like, But, yeah, so what's my use now? Like, I've got some audio editing skills. <laughs> like, oh, man. That's not going to be, like, useful. Like, and, uh, like, a lot of people, like, w- that went to uni, right? Like, I- if you're not, you know... A medical doctor mm. that's really not a handy thing to have in an apocalyptic world yeah is it like a four-year arts degree well, yeah. True. I, I know you know i know the biography of oh. of vincent van gogh off violently by quoting keats at an oncoming yes. <laughs> just like how is that gonna help like i'd just be like truth is beauty <laughs> i don't care there's like seven dead people about to eat us like oh man so like there's a lot of so that's why I think that's why I think everyone's fascinated by that because we can't see ourselves in that situation. And same with um like uh, disease, just like disease is going to be the next thing that wipes us out. I think like we're always we're overdue for a plague. We're overdue for a plague, don't you mm. think? It's like um it's like uh, someone told me the other day. I thought this was brilliant. Like you know, Qantas has never had a air like aeronautical accident mm. like in the air or anything like that and they had one like on the runway the other day like months and months ago but um and the you know the shares dropped and stuff and and it was very scary like oh they could have this thing <laughs> and so that's why a lot of people fly with Qantas is because yeah. their their safety record but logically every other airline has had some sort of you know aer- aeronautical disaster yeah so don't you think Qantas is due for one? <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, don't, don't you no, think? that's that's false logic. That's that's false. That's <laughs> saying that if you flip a coin it's six kind of times logic, and it comes up it? heads, it's more likely no, to come up tails. Every time, it's, every 50 time 50. it's exactly the same chart. Fifty-fifty, yeah, I guess. But <laughs> it's kind of joke logic, isn't it? It's like true. Yeah, it's, it's also bad logic. Humor. Yeah, but bad logic makes great humor too. Bad logic makes when kids when kids say something that kind of makes sense but you know is wrong <laughs> and you're like oh, i can so see how you got to that conclusion but P- see that's good logic bad reason you know my weird distinction between logic and reason no i don't tell me logic is internally me. consistent but d- isn't necessarily dealing with reality we're very good at doing logic yes that makes but sense any you can always justify your belief by logic yeah it's only reason that will tell you whether it's true or not um there's this guy who's a has down syndrome mm. and he's an activist for disability he works with his dad his dad helps him articulate his thoughts and feelings mm. uh, and put them into you know, cleaner and more yeah. um, approachable words and he he wrote this article which really moved me because i think i've always been i think an intellectual snob I was always brought around, up around. I love the, that line in your in your show. <laughs> I don't know if you want to share yeah, it and sure. give it away, Go but it, no, but it's, it'd be better if you say it. Which one? I don't know which one. You oh, mean. okay. I said it to you. I said when I heard you do your, your trial show, I, <laughs> um, I might sound pretentious. Uh, pre- oh, I can't help sound. Yeah, some people yeah. can't help the way they sound. I sound pretentious. It's but that's because I'm pretentious. <laughs> the point. I love that bit. The point being, <laughs> maybe that it's because I know you. <laughs> I read this article. And I was like, oh, holy shit. I'm a snob about people being smart. Mm. Like, I'm more likely to think someone's more valuable if they're smarter. Mm. 
But that's bullshit. Yeah, it's terrible. Because when I was in Cambridge, I was in rooms with people who were ten times smarter than me and I didn't mm. feel like less of a human being than them. Yeah. And there's days when I wake up and I'm not working on all cannons. I'm tired or I'm a bit sick and mm. I'm not less human on those days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So to say that somebody who's born with an intellectual disability is any less human than somebody who's <laughs> you know, born with a club foot or one finger missing or, yeah. you know, you just can't make those calculations. Those are not those are logical, but they're not reasonable. And also, like, um, y- you never know who's going to inspire someone else to do something great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and would that have ever happened without that inspiration? Inspiration's a weird thing because, like, you know, like um, that guy's dad that articulates his feelings and stuff. His dad is doing a great thing. Yeah. For, and his son inspired him to get involved in that because he thinks well i'm going to be useful to my son to articulate his feelings and get them across to a general like to the general public and make people change their minds about things so if you change everyone people who are more compassionate like you know i as a direct result of that i have more patience with people who don't get things as quickly as i like them like i'm talking to Mm. you right now But as a comedian, do you ever think that, like, well, really what we do is, oh, we kind of make someone happy for a bit, but they might still go home to their horrible life and go, oh, well, I'm actually depressed now. I was happy for an hour. Mm. What's that guy doing for me now? Mm. You know what I mean? Um, Do you ever think that maybe as a comedian you could change everyone's mind just a tiny bit? Yes. Like, you know what I mean? If you make, uh, it's like recycling or something. I don't like recycling, but um, uh, if you make everyone uh, turn off their lights every now and then you might save a a whole lot of electricity but if you yourself live in the dark Mm. (laughs) are you really changing anything like Mm. is it better to to uh, try to promote mass change Mm. just slightly (laughs) yeah like get everyone to change just slightly than for you to like become a vegetarian you know what i mean like if you were to never eat meat again you'd be like oh well i'm doing something for for you know but if um, you eat meat and get the strength, yeah. If you, <laughs> but yeah. But if you go, if you convince everyone to eat less meat, mm. are you doing more for your cause than you yourself giving up that thing completely? That's what I've uh, always had an issue with vegetarians. Like I eat less meat. I probably eat meat maybe twice a week. Yeah. Right. And like, because I like meat. <laughs> like if I'm out at a pub and stuff, I'll have a steak. Mm. I'll have a schnitzel. Mm. Um, you know. And I always thought that it was a bit, you know, I don't know, kind of redundant for someone to give up meat completely when you, if you got people to eat less meat, you'd probably be doing more for your cause. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think the two are mutually exclusive per No, se. no, you can't, you can do both, but like, I think there's a lot of people, like as a comedian, do you think you could change, you talk to, you could talk to oh, hundreds of thousands, even a million people in your lifetime, right? Doing yeah. show after show after show after show. Um, d- do you ever think that you we, we're actually giving something to society? Absolutely. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing unless I thought I could. But as I said, like you make them happy for an hour and then they go home and you can't really control that. So like, d- d- would that hour of happiness kind of really change their life? Uh, especially when we were talking about before how people forget the jokes. When they Why go don't home. you come along to my show and see if it changes yeah, your life? Yeah, it changes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Full circle. Um, but yeah, you know what I mean. Are we ever ch- really changing anything? Like, because uh, I, I don't have a 
message <laughs> in my comedy. I don't have a... Making people happier. Uh, yeah. Even if See, they I go away and then are unhappy again. This is something um, that happens with my mum. Hmm. When she gets sick and is not in her rational mind, hmm. you go and you can soothe her for five minutes maybe. Hmm. And then you go away and then you come back and she is as upset as she was before. Yeah. And equally doesn't recognize you or is equally off the planet or is equally afraid or angry or whatever it is that she is when her mind's not there. Mm. And you think, well, why don't I just let it, why don't I just let her be upset? Because it doesn't seem to be making any long-term difference. But you can't be there and not try to make a difference. And Was even that, that five minutes... Like even that five minutes of peace that she has in the context of 24 hours of agony, why not make that 10 minutes? Why not put the effort in and do it again? Mm. Because eventually they start to be longer and eventually she comes back to her right mind. She might not remember any of that. So functionally it might not make any real difference. It's still, I still think it's worth doing. But is it worth doing... All right, so just to play devil's advocate, and people are probably like, oh, you're a horrible person. Devil doesn't need an advocate. But <laughs> yeah, um, I feel like I play devil's advocate so much that I might actually be him. Um, but, like, is that is that more for you than for her? Or, or, like, as a comedian, what is it, it is? more for me to tell jokes to you and make you happy and that makes me feel the better that I can make you happy? The answer is, I don't know, but what if it is? How is that a bad thing, to make yourself happy? What if I like it? <laughs> that's, that's kind of to a To be thing more pleasant to be around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right, cool. All right, I'm, I'm happy with that. Yeah, I'm very happy. All right, I'll edit this together and put it out. Come today. see my show. <laughs> Come see my show. Ah. Come see her show. Come see all the shows. <laughs> all the shows. If you're in Melbourne, six o'clock, Tuxedo Cat. Do Eight, it. 8.30 Swanston Hotel. Yeah. Cheers. Bye.